Hi there and welcome to the latest edition of the Net Weekly Podcast, the independent Rangers podcast, which is brought to you by fans for fans and where the content is absolutely free. It is episode 175 of the flagship Net Weekly Show. I'm your host tonight, uh, Colin Armstrong. As I say every week, guys, it's not just the pod that we have here. Uh, if you get yourself onto the Night website, you'll find uh, articles, uh, there's the forums there, there's a history archive, loads of stuff uh, to, to keep you going, so get yourself on there. If you like what we're doing here at Jersnet, then please subscribe to the YouTube channel, put the word out there on social media, let everybody know what we're doing. Uh, before I, I bring my guest in, I'll, I'll have to mention our uh, partnership with uh, Zenith Coins. Uh, they are currently doing a limited edition worldwide uh, set of 1,872. It's a coin collection celebrating... 150 years of Rangers Football Club. Uh, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to celebrate uh, the 150th anniversary. Uh, there are five iconic milestones in the collection. That's the Founding Fathers, Ibrook Stadium, 1972 Cup Winners' Cup win, nine in a row, and 55 league titles. Uh, they're being re- released in small batches throughout the year. Some are out, some are still to come. Uh, and if you want to find out more about that, please go to www.zenithcoins.com. <coughs> Uh, before I bring Ian in, my guest for tonight, uh, I think I should mention all the Rangers Moors out there with it being Mother's Day. I hope he's had a good day. Also need to give a wee special mention to someone I've known for a number of years, a good friend of my wife, uh, Tracy Daly. Who, she was she was on uh, A View From The Terrace other night, her and her son Jay. A, a really, really moving video. If you get the chance, go and have a look at it. It's called Saturdays With Mum. Uh, Jay's, you know, he, he's, he's had a rough time about his health pretty much from birth. Uh, it'll put a wee lump in your throat but it, it was lovely to watch so if you get the chance to look at that uh, please do so and a wee shout out to Tracy and Jay tonight as well uh, she doesn't go to the, the Rangers game so much now she's a Shire fan but her nose was definitely a wee bit on the blue side back in the day uh, and now to bring in my guest Ian we were supposed to have Gary Valentine on as well but her IT problems have uh, scuppered him so it's just two old men sitting shaking their fist at the world uh, how are you doing Ian? <laughs> yeah not too bad thanks yeah Quite weak, football free. Yeah, so what, what did you, I mean, I, I wasn't at the Legends game yesterday. I was in Pollock yesterday with fellow podder uh, John McCallum uh, and David Wren. We went to watch uh, Pollock take on Hurlford yesterday, one each. Glorious day, decent ball roll, couple of pints, good day. What did you do? Hey, do you know, I can't remember what I did. Oh, uh, <laughs> bit of gardening, I think it was probably something like that. God, as exciting as that. I know we're getting old, Ian, but when you can't know, remember what you've done the sad, day before, sad. that's pretty bad. That is pretty bad. Uh, <coughs> I know how you feel. I'm, I, I'm, I've moved up in my age this week, actually. I'm now officially one year off the big five, oh, so uh, oh, I'm, beat. I'm over that threshold, I'm afraid. Yeah. I, went, I passed that in January, so I'm, uh, I'm on the downward slope. I've <laughs> 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 been for a long time, mind you, but... So it's a couple of Rangers dads tonight. I think, I, I think that's probably the best way to sum it up tonight's show. So, Ian, I thought we'd look at uh, the Legends game yesterday, just a wee chat about that. There was a couple of things to come out of that worth talking about. Probably the main thing we'll look at is the stuff through the week with Club 1872 and the board, all that sort of nonsense. And a wee sort of look towards uh, the old fun game next week, uh, which is obviously quite huge. Uh, so, <coughs> excuse me. Went to the game yesterday, so lost three two in the, the Legends game uh, against the World Eleven. Uh, worth talking about the goals. I mean, obviously Gascoigne got his goal, and that, that was a, that was a, that was a great moment. You know, obviously it was a wee bit contrived and all the rest of it, but it's still nice to see it. I, I've, I've seen the clip today on YouTube or Twitter or something. Like that. We need we need to talk about Shot Avalazzi's goal because it, it, it was an absolute peach. I mean, 
the last Legends game I went to was the Liverpool one because I was desperate to see Steven Gerrard play in the flesh. And within five minutes of it kicking off, I was kind of like, oh, what am I doing here? You know, the tempo of it was dead slow. And I think I think these games are, are, are pretty much entry-level games for kids. You know, family thing, get the family along, get the kids in, get them seeing how looks, all that kind of thing. So I, I, I didn't fancy it yesterday. But that goal was, you know, top-notch. Good ball, and he just he just totally flung himself with it and put it in the top corner. And I had to have a laugh at Chris Boyd in the background, you know, as if he was going to do a dive. Yeah, he was going to do a dive. <laughs> no way he was beating that. You know what I mean? But an absolute peachy goal. Well, I definitely. I, I mean, I mean, I I love uh, Shota. I thought he was. I mean, of all the players we had over the last sort uh, of twenty years or so, uh, uh, who made the, the biggest impact but get the least credit for it, I would say he's got to be right up there because. You know, his contribution was over the, the, the time that he was with us was immense. And yet, you know, I know he's, he's a bit of a cult hero, but he's not really got the sort of wide sort of recognition I think he, he, yeah. he was entitled to. When you look at some of the guys that, you know, get treated like heroes and, and you know, and you think, well, you know, Shota deserves a bit of credit. So I was delighted when I saw it. And you mentioned before, we came on air, uh, that it was a standard uh, goal from him. It was a typical uh, Shota goal, the way he just threw himself at the ball. But yeah, it was, I mean, you, you get these wee uh, sort of, in these kind of games, wee glimpses of uh, what these guys were all about. You know, I mean, obviously they, can't, they don't have the fitness and they don't have the touch necessarily that they had when they were at their peak. But it's, you know, brilliant to see just the, the little glimpses of genius that, that, that you saw when they played and they've still got it, you know, to, yeah. to some extent. It must be frustrating for them because they, they probably can do all that stuff but they don't have the, the fitness or the, the, the body. The legs. Not quite, not quite there to, to let them do what they want to do. But yeah, I like, I like you say, I mean, I think these games are, you wouldn't go if you're going just to enjoy a, a football match but to, to take your kids along and give them that opportunity to, to go to a game, to, you know, you know it's going to be. There's going to be goals. There's going to be yeah. uh, action and stuff. So it's you know it's, it's perfect for for kids and it's uh, you know it's a great occasion as well. And you know raising lots of money for for charity and, and a, a good occasion and a bit of good profile for the club as well. I think and and amongst the, uh, uh, the the stars that were there. So yeah, I think it was a probably a a, a good day all round for everyone who was there. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I should give uh, my, my mate a wee shout out as well, Gary. He took his, his wee boy Daniel yesterday for the first time. So that's his first game, and he was all kitted out of his the purple kit. I don't like the kit, but I have to admit, uh, like Gary sent me a photo of Daniel yesterday morning before they set out, and he, he looked cool in it. Had his hair all done. Apparently, got a wee bit of fuss on the subway as well. There was a couple of guys going to the game, gave him a wee bit of banter. And that that's what gets kids into it. You know what I mean? They start, oh, this is good, this is good. So I, it's good for that. I and mean, I'm looking at some of the names of the people that were there. You know, uh, Hutton, Papach, Barry Ferguson, Gio, De Boer. I mean, I, I loved Ronald De Boer when he was at Ibrox. Shot, as you've said, Chris Boyd, Alberts, Gascoigne, Michael Moles. You know, and, and some, even some of the names that were, were in the, the world loving, like Sifigo, Kaka, Makalele, you know, Roy Mackay, uh, Hadji's da, Pires. You know, you know I, I know they are just bounce games but it's good to see for, for a lot of supporters especially young ones to say that they've seen these guys you know what I mean absolutely and, and and the other good thing is as well is that nobody's going there getting stressed out by uh, the fact that you know we're not winning or or uh, somebody's put a, put a pass long or or uh, yeah. 
you know, hit a shot over the bar or something. Like that. Nobody's getting stressed. Well, probably there are some people getting still getting stressed with these things, but but uh, you know, most people are quite relaxed about it. So it's good atmosphere for for the youngsters, and they don't get that sort of toxic feeling about it as well. Yeah, so yeah. Sometimes at games that they probably probably frightens them a wee bit. Some of the the, the way people sort of screaming and angry faced uh, contortions uh, beside them because uh, Tavernier's hit his cross long or something you know so <laughs> it's uh, oh, he's put a penalty uh, over a bar <laughs> well, well that, that's understandable <laughs> no but uh, yeah it's just a bit more relaxed so yeah good I mean brilliant to, to see these guys you know names names like that uh, you know you don't see them at Ibrox even when at, you know at their peak they, they, you, it's rare to see them playing uh, game competitive games so get a good chance to, to look at them and, and see what what they're like these days yeah, like I, I remember, like a, a, a guy used to play football with a guy called Jim McGarrigo, played with Cumberland United and all that kind of thing. He's a few years older than me, and I was kind of in my mid thirties at the time, and I was kind of moaning that I was getting older, and, you know, and starting starting to notice that I couldn't do things that I used to be able to do. And he came out with a brilliant phrase. He says, "Yeah, Colin, as you get older, the, the mind rights checks that the body just simply cannot cash anymore and then there, there is a lot of that about these games you're looking at these guys like oh my god look up he's moving like an old man and all the rest of it but one thing I will say like the, the, the last game I was at the Legends game there was, there was a couple that surprised me Alec Ray was one of them Alec Ray was just so fat and stuck. It, 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 and because Alec Ray looked 50 when he, when he was oh, playing for us, exactly. you know what I mean? He, he, I'm like, this, guy, this guy's no change. You know what I mean? Some of them you can see uh, he's aged and he's slower and all the rest of it. But some of them surprised. And Alex Ray was definitely one of them at the, the last Legends game I was at. I, I, I do, I still think it's good that, uh, yeah, you know, as you say, it's good for the kids. It's good to get, you know, people into the grounds, <coughs> families, see a few big names, all that kind of thing. And, you know, Seeing someone like Gascoigne, you know, when you, when you, when you see Gascoigne now and you, you see what the, the damage that he's, he's done to himself through the years, it was such a nice moment for him to get that goal. You know what I mean? And I, 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 again, I know it was a wee bit contrived. He, he fluffed the first chance and then they've sort of, everybody's got out the road as a fight, take it again. And he's took it again and scored <coughs> and it sort of crawled in. And, you know, and, and the opposition players are celebrating with them and all that kind of thing. If, if anybody, I think, needs a moment like that, it's, it's Paul Gascoigne because, you know, he has been through a lot. You know, some people would, some horrible people like Capaldi, for example, would, would say, you know, he's brought it on himself and all the rest of it. And, and, and part of that is true, but, you know, it's an addiction he's got. And, and I think I think he's somebody that struggled. Once he was taken out of that football environment and, he struggled to find his place in the world outside that so I, th- I think somebody like him really appreciates days like yesterday yeah, I mean it was it was really nice seeing the you know the, the opposition players you know who obviously you know they know who Gascoigne is they might not know necessarily the ins and outs of his his, uh, his life and his story but they also know enough about him to know that you know he needed that support and he need, you know and he deserved that support so it was really nice to see these you know Big name stars going over and you know joining in and yeah you know you, you could see it was appreciated you know he, you know he obviously like you say I think when he was at his footballing peak it was a football that kept him on track basically you know if if he hadn't been playing when he wasn't playing you know that was when he he went to the rails you yeah. know so you know it was, uh, when he when he was playing regularly and doing stuff and you know that that was when he was at his his safest and he's and he's uh, most appreciated and, and you know you could see that that 
comes back as soon as he came on the pitch, you could tell that that was, you know, it was a, a good place for him. So yeah, so yeah, it was a bit sad in some ways, but but a nice, uh, some nice. It was a lovely nice moment. Yeah, it was. It was a lovely moment. Uh, I mean, we get this every week, Ian. You know, there's referee uh, controversy every week, and and even when it comes to legends bounce games, we're getting the same thing. You know, if, if, if I would ask any Ranger supporter watching the now to search the name Greg Aiton in Twitter and just <laughs> just see the reaction. Of, of the Celtic supporters because they smiled when, when right. Gascoigne scored and you know you're just saying I, I find it quite funny but it's also quite pathetic and sad you know the, be- the best one I've seen was uh, he's one to watch you know Greg Aiton another one to watch and, and they, they posted the photo when smiling with Gascoigne did just score and you're just like oh, just for one week I was I was actually really looking forward to a week of, of no Rangers this weekend because it's been so stressful of late, you know what I mean? I, was like, I, I could just do with it a week of, you know, last minute winners and all that kind of thing. So I, I was really looking forward to it. And then I went on to Twitter this morning and I was like, even when we're no playing, we're still getting anti sort of, you know, Masonic conspiracy theories in, in the refereeing world. I mean, I mean, they're absolutely barking mad. I mean, <laughs> you know, there's, there's no other way. I mean, there is an element. I mean, every, I think every football fan group or you know supporters of every club have their, their their element of people who are just a bit crazy and and see conspiracies everywhere but they take it to another level I mean it is, it yeah. is you know the majority as opposed to this, the tiny minority in, in their case and they all buy into it and you know you could, you could maybe see that if they were losing all the time if they were you know, they weren't winning trophies, you know, if they yeah. hadn't had the last 10 years that they've just had, you could understand it. But it's just this relentless, you know, victimhood that just, yeah. I find, baffling, unhealthy, dangerous in some ways as well. You yeah, know? It's, uh, it's easy it's, to it's, laugh at it, but it is, it is, it is dang- you know, there's yeah. a danger to it as well. But, it's, I mean, it's certainly unhealthy, I agree. That, but... I mean, even I mean, somebody somebody sent me a couple of tweets today saying, "Look at this," and it was it was a couple of the players who were involved in the World Eleven saying, "Congratulations, Rangers, on your hundred and fiftieth anniversary." Christ and you will know, they're only ten. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's that's in the replies. You're just like, why do you care that much? You know what I mean? I just I, I don't get it. No. I mean, I cannot imagine myself ever ever caring enough about Celtic. To respond in any way, shape, or form to anything, no. you know, the equivalent. But no. if there was an equivalent, I could not find myself getting that uptight about it or obsessed about it to, to even think about it. Which is what makes it so strange to me is, uh, you know, you, you see whenever you know the Rangers uh, Facebook uh, account posts something, for instance, or the Twitter account or, or whatever. Almost inevitably, the first or second <laughs> reply is from yeah. a Celtic fans team. Something about Sevco, Rangers died, or there's whatever, no you know, fun. You know, there's yeah, exactly. So I mean, it's, you think? I mean, honestly, just grow, grow up. <laughs> I know these are good yeah, men. Like, you know, they're adults. <laughs> you know, there's you know, you think. I, I must admit, in your last. The last ten years has made me think there's a higher a higher number of adult virgins in Glasgow than I thought previously. If you know what oh, I mean, because absolutely. they just they just seem to get upset about the most. And as you say, they, they should be, 
they should be sitting back with the cigars the, the last 10 years that they've had you know what I mean they've had a free run to titles you know, and, and, but no it's still not enough it's still not enough but aye, I, I did find that funny you know as I said if, if he's on Twitter at any point this week just just search the name Greg Taylor and, and see what you get uh, right you know on, on a sort of more serious stuff through the week uh, quite uh, a bit uh, I don't know if I'd say embarrassing, but it certainly didn't do anyone uh, any favours. You know what I mean? So Club 1872 issued a statement uh, at the beginning of last week there, sort of criticising the club. Uh, the main part of the statement I've got here says, the experience of Club 1872 directors is that Rangers executive team led by Stuart Robertson, James Bisgrove and David Graham has developed an extremely unhealthy disdain for the Rangers' support. Now... <coughs> There were, there, there were some things in the statement that I agreed with. I thought that they were bang on on the money. I just found the timing a bit odd. I just thought, well, what's, what's provoked us? And don't know where it's coming from. And, and considering what's coming up in April, you know, I just kind of thought, why are we rocking the boat now? That should, could this not have been dealt with further down the line? But I, I genuinely thought that would be the end yet. But no, Rangers and their, their, their wisdom decided to issue what I can only describe as an embarrassing statement and reply to Club 1872. Uh, and, and this part of the statement I found really interesting uh, and, and it makes it feel like it's a bit of a squabble. You know, it is deeply regrettable that the same small rump of supporters, supporters in inverted comma, uh, remains intent on causing damage to our club. It is particularly concerning to note that the timing they have chosen to launch their latest attack. It is lost on nobody that those intent on creating maximum disruption are those who have either enjoyed or craved a role within our club. Now, that, that just felt to me like it's, it's almost like a, a fight of those who have the Blazers and those that want the Blazers, if you know what I mean. And it just, just it, I don't think any of it does you know, the, the, the club or the supporters, you know, any good, especially when you consider, as I say there, the, the April that we're looking at, you know, looking at eight games possibly, every one of them a cup final, you know, I'll probably April will probably define whether their, their season is a success or not. And then you've, you've, you've got the club and you've got a, a, a supporters group, you know, getting, basically going for one another's throat. And it, 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 just the timing of it, I find odd. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean it's just a distraction, isn't it? I mean it's a, a totally unnecessary distraction, and whatever the ins and outs of it are, and I'm sure there's lots of people have uh, have access to grind both sides of it. I'm not interested really in it because it sounds to be a lot like personal uh, grudges and vendettas, etc. Um, like you say, there, there are you know there, there was some stuff in that uh, original statement. That is perfectly valid, and, yeah. and there's a lot of, I would say, you know, legitimate concerns about the 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 way that Rangers has been run. I mean, I've generally speaking, I would say I'm probably, I would say the board are doing an okay job. I wouldn't say they're uh, setting the header alight with the, the way they're they're working, but they're doing an okay job. Um, but there's lots of things that they're doing that that, that I'm a bit uncomfortable with, but. There's ways and means of you know dealing with that, and you've got to question the timing of, of, of why you would suddenly come out with a statement like that at this time. I don't know. There seems to be more going on behind the scenes, and, and you know, uh, you know, Dave King's obviously in, involved, sort of in the background of this uh, as well. And it sounds a lot like there's you know factions again behind the scenes, and it just kind of 
seems totally unnecessary. The, the only thing I would say is that, you know, in terms of it being a distraction, in terms of affecting the, 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 the team in, the, 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 in April, <coughs> I don't think this kind of thing will even touch the players in any way, shape or form. I would like to think. I don't think this is a... I mean, the way the way it might spill over is like the the, the protests at the yeah the, the game at Dundee. If it, if if you know things like that happen, then obviously it's going to have some sort of impact on the players one way or the other. Um, but generally speaking, this kind of thing is you know it's it's one for for the internet uh, message boards and, uh, and and social media rather than uh, something that would. Hopefully, directly impact on the on what's going on. I don't think it's you know the the, the talk of the the the, uh, the dressing room. Moment. Yeah, uh, yeah. You wouldn't have thought so. Um, so you know, fingers crossed that that wouldn't have any impact. But I, you know, it's just a distraction in terms of you know what I, I, I'd hoped. You know, the last what the last ten years had taught us was that. You know, we put all this kind of stuff behind us, but it seemed, you know, it was almost from day one actually. Uh, there, there's been these kind of, you know, ructions behind the scenes, and it's it's pretty sad. But I mean, I suppose it's probably inevitable. But um, I don't think we need it. And if if it is, if these things have to be aired and they have to be done at all, then you know, there's no reason why you can't wait until the end of the season and then and yeah. then deal with these matters <coughs> at that point and. You know, the, the the one thing I was the, the one thing that really leapt out at me from the uh, the club eighteen seventy two statement though was that there was a line in there and I don't have it in front of me, but there was a line in there saying that if the last ten years have taught us anything, it's that we, we should never let the the custodians of Ibrox uh, or of Rangers uh, have a you know carte blanche to do whatever they like. Basically, we shouldn't we shouldn't be unquestioning. Uh, we should question them at all times because that's how we got in that mess in the first place. Basically, was what they were saying, and I 100% agree with that. I think you know they have to be held to account if if, yeah. if the board is doing something wrong, <coughs> and if the board is operating in a way that is detrimental to the club or the team or the supporters, then you know it's absolutely right that they should be called out on it. And on individual cases, I think you know like the. I'm, I don't want to necessarily get involved, embroiled in a discussion about the Sydney Cup situation again, but because I'm sure it's been dealt with already. Uh, I, I'm, to be honest, not as angry about it as some people are, but uh, I, you know the, the the majority of people, majority of fans are opposed to it. So the the, the board should be taken to task on that particular issue because that is something that needs to be dealt with straight away. And if, if the fans are united in that, then then they're quite right to raise that as a as an issue, um, but just to have this sort of scattergun scattergun approach and and creating you know you know sort of just bad feeling. I, I yeah. just don't think is a is a, this is not the time for it. You know, if you've got things to sort out, do it at a time when the, when it's not there's no potential that it could have an impact on on the team. Is there no one issue as well? There, there, there are two things about this that. <clears throat> kind of got me, Ian, like the first thing, Club 1872, now as I said, I think out of the two statements, theirs is by far the better and has by far the more valid points. Uh, there, there was a lot of stuff in there that I found myself agreeing with, especially this year around, you know, monetising the support. I think the club's been grossly guilty of that of late. I mean, someone pointed out this week you know, on social media that Rangers have released nine tops this season. Nine. So they've released home, away, third, 
and Replica and Pro versions, so that takes it to six. They've released the 150th anniversary top and Replica and Pro versions, plus this Legends top that's that's been released as well. So like nine tops at like, you know, 60, 60 quid a pop. Uh, I, I think my jersey is, is just a total con. I mean, that, that really pisses me off. And, and there, there's so much going on in, in, in that front. I mean, when I'm sitting here working, the amount of emails I get for Rangers saying, buy this, buy that, blah, blah, blah. This is available. Castor have released this range. They've released that range. It's just like, yes, peace. You know what I mean? I, I, I give enough of my money to the Angels. I, I don't need three, four emails every day to, to, to get me to try and buy more stuff. But the problem I have with Club 1872's statement is that they themselves, I don't think, are in a, a great place at the moment. You know, there's lots of questions over how they are being run and, you know, how transparent they are, all that kind of thing. And I kind of, I kind of read the statement thinking, well, as much as I agree with a lot of what you're saying, he's only really in a position of strength here. He's, you know, there's a lot of questions about you as an organisation, and I feel maybe you need to get that sorted before you start coming for the club. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, to be honest, I don't know enough about the background of what's going on with Club 1872 at all. I mean, at one point they were, you know, it, it seemed like they were a credible, legitimate way forward for for fan ownership and you know that now looks like you know as far away as it's ever been further away perhaps yeah. than it's ever been uh, now I, I don't know who's to blame for that but I mean I'm sure that, uh, that you know they would almost certainly say that it's uh, it's the Rangers board that are to blame for that situation others might say that it was because of the you know the the, the way they've Operated that has made that difficult to, to come about. I don't I don't know enough about it to 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 say one way or the other. But I mean, the, the, you know, the end, the end of the day, uh, all, all you know, the, there needs to be a there needs to be a good, strong, credible fan group that can speak on behalf of Rangers supporters. Now, not every Rangers supporter says believes the same thing, obviously, and not everyone would ag- agree with it, uh, you know, with everything that. Club eighteen seventy two or whoever else it might be uh, has to say, but you know that's democracy. So if if they're representative of the the fans, then then that's you know that should be enough. Um, but they have to be a credible force themselves to 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 get that uh, that, that credibility. Yeah. <clears throat> um, sorry, and, and, and another issue on this is should Rangers have even replied with a statement? I, I mean, I mean the statement itself, I, I thought it was pretty petty. Uh, we've questioned. It is, yeah, and An I, I mean, we, we've questioned uh, on the show previously. We we have questioned the sort of appointment of David Graham as as a sort of comms guy, and it, <laughs> I, it just strikes me. This seems to have been an issue that's been rumbling on for twenty years that we, we just don't get the, the, the comms and PR side of the club right. Uh, no. I, I think we remain quiet and silent when we should be issuing a statement and coming out strongly. And then, like, say that the other day there, why, who signed that off? Who thought that responding to that statement and responding in that way, you know, making it out that it was very much a spat between certain individuals, who in the club thought that that, that was a good idea? And, you know, the, the club used to, be, used to be accused of sort of, you know, whenever there was controversy flying about, you know, it was the dignified silence, we'll say nothing, it'll just disappear. This seems like one of those occasions where that would have been the best tactic of all. Just let Club eighteen seventy two, Club eighteen seventy two, sorry, say what they're going to say and don't respond. You know, we, we'll fix things and, and, and come back to them at another time. To, to come out with that statement, 
the, the petty nature of it, I, I think it's a bad judgment of error by whoever wrote the statement and then signed off. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, you know, I can only assume it was the same person that wrote it and signed it off because you know that, that's that's what you know that how, how it came across. So it's certainly at least you know the the whoever it was that did that was writing it and on the assumption that that was what they thought it was expected of them to to say they they would have they would have known that that was the the line or the tone that was to be taken, which you know just. Is baffling. I mean, it kind of reminded me of the days when when David Murray was was still there. Where the only time you'd ever get a response from Rangers on anything was when it was him personally who was being criticised, yeah, or yeah, know, yeah. he was the one that was getting sort of accused of of something. As soon as there was some sort of negativity towards him or or you know his his circle, then you would get a response straight away. Otherwise, it was you know fair game and you know dignified silence approach uh, and and. Neither of those approaches work. You know, you have to, I've said this so many times and, you know, over the last, more than more than 20 years, but, you know, as far back as I can remember, Rangers have never had anybody worthwhile in a, a, a communications role that who, who had that gravitas and who, who had the, the, the knowledge and how to, to respond to situations like this. And you know, we've never had it. We've had people who work, in the PR department, who are you know very good, very competent, and and can do uh, the stuff that, that they need to do on a day to day basis. But you, you need somebody who's a leader in that role, and yeah. and who who has the you know who can stand up and 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 be listened to and and be credible. And and we just never seem to have it. We have a mixture of people who who have just been drafted in to, to do that job and have no sort of background in it whatsoever, or people who are just, you know, have their own agendas and, 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 and are operating sort of almost to, or their own agendas or other people's agendas. And it was never, it was never really, there was never any strategy. There was never any sort of, uh, and I'd hoped again, you know, after everything that happened over the last, 10 years that we would move away from that and we would start to get some, and I don't know this guy, David Graham at all. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know his, I, well, I kind of know his background, but I don't know what his background is, whether he has any background in, in communications. I don't think he does. So or if he does, then I, I don't know. It but, certainly shows. It certainly <coughs> appears that way. Yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. So, you know, if, if he does have it, then, you know, I, I'm, I'm really surprised, but you know, like you say, you don't respond to these kind of situations, you know, the worst thing you can do in a situation like this, if you're wanting to genuinely, you know, handle it, is you, you put put a lid on it. You know, you don't just fuel the flames and, and yeah. respond to another ridiculous, you know, uh, uh, counter statement. You know, it just makes you look ridiculous. You know, and, and it is just petty. Sort of, it just looks like. You know, infighting and yeah. you know, just, just baffling. I mean, it's, it's, my view of PR and comms is it's always been that you're a firefighter. You know, yeah. when fires start, you put them out. That statement does the exact opposite, as you say. It adds fuel to the fire. It, yeah. it makes it worse, and and and, and it, it has made things worse because Craig Houston's then came out. He sort of had a go at David Graham. Uh, you know, the Sons of Shift guy. Uh, Dave King's got involved saying he'll offer three million to, to pay for any sort of losses if we pull out the Sydney Cup. You know, all this stuff has started that I, I don't think would have started 
if Rangers had remained silent, if they just let it go and just focused on the day job in, in terms of what they need to do at the moment, instead of getting involved in, in, in silly spats. I don't think anything that, that's happened since that Rangers statement happens if Rangers stay, they stay quiet. Yeah, well, ab- absolutely. I mean, but the, I mean, the, the, I suppose the counter to that is that all that stuff's obviously going on behind the scenes. We just don't see it because it's yeah, it's it's all happening. Whether it needs to be in the public domain or not is another matter. So you know, it's down to Rangers to keep it out of the public domain. If they they, they didn't have to respond, they didn't have to make it into a public fight. They could have just the the, the eighteen seventy two statement would have. Passed by if, if yeah. they just hadn't responded to it, it would have, it would have been big news on the day, and then the next day, you know, people would have forgotten about it and moved on until the next time that something comes up and it gets raised again. And you know, I would say from a Rangers point of view, that would be a better way of dealing with it rather than just you know going the, for the nuclear option, basically, which is what they went for. But yeah, I, 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 it just strikes me as so petty. The fact that I mean that the fact that somebody put in the statement. You know, it's not lost on anybody that those intent on creating maximum disruption or those who have either enjoyed or craved a role within our club. I just find that a staggering thing to put in a statement because it's obviously pointing the finger at certain people and saying, ah, you want this, you want that. And it makes it sound petty. It makes it sound like it's a spat between individuals. Yeah. And and the whole thing should be bigger than that, in my opinion. You know, there are, there are issues with uh, how the club's been run at the moment. I've got my issues with the club. As I said, I agreed with, with a lot of what Club 1872 said, although I've got my concerns about them as well. But I, I, I'm staggered that the that, that Rangers thought it wise to, to, to respond to that. But we'll, we'll see what comes out of that, Ian. Uh, moving on, you know, still in the international break at the moment. Uh, you know, a few players are away in international duty. Some got value on it. Stephen Davis, I noticed, got, got some time. I think, I think he scored as well, actually. He did, yeah. Aaron Ramsey got 90 minutes good to see Phil Hollander he, he got some time for Sweden on Thursday as well uh, I, I believe Calvin Bassey also made his debut uh, for Nigeria uh, so you know they're all getting minutes and, and it's all leading you know obviously uh, this time next week we'll be talking about whether Rangers are levelling points with Celtic or whether it's been a bad day at the office you know that, that's the next big thing that, that old fun game next Sunday so <coughs> Good to see, you know, Stephen Davis. I mean, he's, he's been injured for so long. I was a wee bit surprised that he, that he got he got time on the park. Good to see him scoring, and, and, and you know, it shows you that he has another option in, in the run. And Aaron Ramsey, though, I, I, I'd like to focus on him now because I think over the last couple of games, the, the, the two games against Dundee, we saw wee hints of what he's capable of. Uh, I, I didn't watch Wales's game, but from what I've seen on social media and people who did watch it, apparently played. Pretty well, you know. He, he had a good ninety minutes. Uh, I think if we get him fit, he could be key for, for for next week and for April and for this running. Yeah, I I don't think I don't think there's any chance that he'll be playing this weekend. To be quite honest, um, but uh, unless there's injuries or, or or something that sort of forces that to happen, but I do think. As this, the, the, we're going, going to the run in, then he will be. If he can stay fit and get a run of games, then he will be important. I just don't, I think this game, I don't think this game is going to take a risk on somebody uh, who is almost untried in some ways in terms of the Rangers team. I think he'll, I think uh, Gio will stick with the 
the team that was playing before the, the international break, you know, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing is is uh, is debatable uh, with some ropey performances uh, in that sort of period as well. But I think uh, I think that's what he'll do. Just you know, I, th- I think he's quite risk averse in that in that sense. But I do think Ramsey will be. Well, he's got to be, hasn't he? I mean, you know, yeah. He, he, the the reputation that he comes with, the the money he's getting paid, the you know what he's done in the game. And we've got him sitting in our squad. He, you know, he should be there starting every game and, and pulling the strings really for in, in the SPL. So you know, I think I think we will see him. I think if he if he stays fit, that's the key to it. And I think he you know he will show his, his class and he'll 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 do well. Um, but I don't think this weekend will be a game where he gets brought in. Um, I it's interesting feel, you say that because I disagree. I think he's starting yeah. next week. Well, yeah, I do. Uh, I mean, I, I could be. I've been wrong a lot often enough with these things <laughs> in the past. But I just have a. I just have a feeling. I just don't know. I mean, you know, I suppose it might all depend on on uh, what happens in training as well. I guess as sometimes players uh, can show when they come back uh, from international break whether yeah. they're up for it or not. And uh, it depends if he comes back fit as well. You know yeah, well, I mean? that is. Yeah. I mean, I, I did see at one point he was. Uh, he was. Hold it, hold his hamstring. His hamstring. I thought here we go, uh, but, uh, but I think it was. Uh, I think it was just a bit of cramp, uh, apparently. Um, but I, I just, I, I just think he'll. I think he'll just go for the, for what he's, what he's known. Because he's, he, you know, even the, 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 the yeah, I, I, I just don't see him risking it uh, uh, in that particular game. But I, I, that's not to say I don't think he should. I think you know. If if Ramsey was fully fit and ready, match fit, not just uh, you know fitness uh, injury fit, uh, then then you know he should be a, a certain starter uh, without a, without a question. But I, I think he'll go away. I think he'll go away. Lunch from Jack and Ramsey for the midfield three next week. But we'll see. We'll see. Well, that will all come out in the wash. Uh, slightly concerning, although I don't know if it's a bit of a, a smoke screen. You know, Morelos was, was has been sent home for the Columbia squad. Apparently he's, he's been scanned, he's got a thigh injury. Part of me thinks that he, he does have an injury, but part of me also thinks, because the last time that he was called out to Columbia, he never even made the squad for both games. You know what I mean? And I just wonder if this on, on this occasion, he's travelled out and I thought, all right, we're not going to use him. He's got an important game next week. Just, just send him back. But if he does, if he is injured, if he is carrying a thigh strain, a wee bit of a concern for, for next Sunday because... Uh, I know he doesn't have a great goal-scoring record against them, but he, he, he's an integral part of the team at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I think if we're going to realistically, if we're going to play to our potential, then you would want Mar- Morelos to be at the, the, the you know the, the spearhead of that, really, wouldn't you? Because you, yeah. you would hope he's going to be the one. He's going to have one of his his good games, and usually when he's having a good game that trickles round to the rest of the team as well. It, seem, it seems to, I don't know whether it's just coincidence, whether it's because the other players are playing well, that he plays well or whatever, but it, it, there just seems to be, when he's on his game, we're playing much better throughout the, the team. And uh, and yeah, that's what you know. I think we're going to need everyone to be up up for it for this game on, on, uh, next weekend. And I think you know, you, would, you would want Morales to be there leading the line. Uh, I mean, apart from anything else, I think it would probably, you know, uh, the, there would be a sort of negative uh, 
thing, you know, that they, they would get a boost if he wasn't yeah. playing and, and would, you know, have a, a knock-on uh, equivalent of, uh, opposite effect on us as well as a, a player, a team, as if he's not able, if he's not there to start. So, um, yeah, so I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel that if if he wasn't injured, then I, I don't know why they would they would send him home um, because they didn't bother the last time. I don't know whether... No, no. You know, I, I just wonder if Rangers have kicked off a wee bit. Well, know, yeah, maybe. You know, the, the players travelling all the way around, you know, halfway around the world and, you know, it wasn't even stripped. You know what I mean? Yeah. Never even made the bench and I think, I, I think they had like 10 players on the bench. You know, it, was, it wasn't just like three subs or something like that. It was, you know, there was a, it was a some size of bench that they had and, and they never made that. So I just wonder if behind the scenes Rangers have Maybe made a bit of a scene saying, by the way, you're dragging a player halfway around the world. You're not even strapping on and then he's missing games for us. So yeah. I, I don't know. I don't I mean, know. It's possible. I, you wonder what Rangers could do in that situation. Though they don't have the, I mean, clubs are pretty powerless in that situation, aren't they? Because, you know, the, 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 the international team can call yeah. up their players and, you know, do what they like with them, basically, I suppose. And that's that's the thing what, the worst you can do is say we're not going to release him in the future and we'll say well you know, you'll release him if we want to because that's, that's the rules you know? <laughs> that's the rules yeah. it's not much they I, do, I, 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 I do think international teams have a duty of care though yeah I mean if they don't intend to, to play the person and they're maybe carrying a slight knock that if they played them or kept them there would maybe impact on their ability to be fit for the next game it's probably as best <laughs> just to say well you know what go home get a couple of days treatment and get, get fit for for the weekend's game I hope and I yeah. suspect that's what's happened in this case but <clears throat> as a wee bit of worry I hope so it could be a doubt yeah. there was a, there was some, some sort of a nagging doubt at the back of my mind that uh, he had a bit of an injury in the, uh, the the Europa League game just before yeah not, before not the weekend obviously but the before the, the weekend and I remember thinking at that time I hope that's not a serious injury and I remember thinking and then I thought Actually, maybe if it was a slightly serious injury, he'll, he'll uh, not have to travel to Columbia. He'll call him up. Yeah. That, that, that was what I was thinking at the time. So it must have been serious enough for me to think that at the time. So I, I, I kind of hope it's not the same same injury because that would suggest that it's a bit more serious if it's been sort of niggling along since uh, since two since weeks last week. Yeah. Uh, on a sort of old firm based I noticed today that Graham Murray's he sort of reappeared he's, he's given an interview about his time uh, as interim boss and uh, one one thing that sort of came out of it is the the incident with Andy Halliday when he subbed him you know before half time and, and all that kind of thing and I was kind of watching him the day I was watching the clip and two things sort of stuck out I mean one I I thought it was it was very honest of him and kind of big of him to say that, you know, he'd got it wrong. He shouldn't have taken Halliday off before half time. You know, it was like two minutes before half time. I think we were three nothing, four nothing down at the time. You know, he, he explained why he'd done it. You know, he says he felt he had to do something to show the supporters and all the rest that he recognised the game has gone badly wrong and he was trying to change it. But he also recognised that by doing that, he, he, he put a sort of stigma on Andy Halliday and, you know, basically humiliated him that day. So one, I was like, yeah, okay, he's recognised that he got that wrong because I don't think making a sub two minutes before half time makes any difference, really. You know what I mean? And the game is probably already gone anyway. But two, I, th- I think it just highlighted how out of his depth he was. You know what I mean? He really was a manager. But I think the first time he came in, he'd done okay. But the second time, 
you could see it was a guy who was just completely out of his depth. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not being, you know, detrimental to, to, to Marty here. It's, you know, everyone's got their level and that's it. And I think managing Rangers was, was a level beyond what he's capable of. And I think it, you know, I'm showing you a clip of the actual, the, the incident and he just looked lost. You know what I mean? And Andy Halliday ends up being the victim of it. You know what I mean? Because he comes off and, you know, he's, he's sort of, mocked and ridiculed, humiliated, all that kind of thing. And he's kind of carried that through his career. And Andy Halliday's on, I think he's on record saying he'll never forgive Marty for it. You know what I mean? He'll never forgive him. So in terms of Marty, you know, another thing that came out of Ian is I was looking at it thinking, by Christ, we've come on in the last four years. You know what I mean? I was, I was looking at that going, oh my God, how bad were we then? You know, Graham Marty in charge, uh, three, four, nothing down in a semi-final against Celtic before half time. You know, Change well, days. Having said that, we were 3-0 down to, uh, to Celtic before <laughs> half-time not that long ago. Ah, but you don't need to mention that. <laughs> no, and we were 3-0 down to Hibs in the bloody semi-final not that long ago as well. So uh, They never had a manager then. So. Let, let's, let's not... Uh, <laughs> but I, I mean, I take your point. I mean, absolutely. I mean, that you could argue that these are these situa- situations recently have been aberrations, one-offs, uh, whereas that was where we were at <laughs> that time. Yeah. That, that's, that summed us up. You know, it wasn't just getting thrashed off Celtic. We were losing to, to everyone. We were losing to yeah. Dundee. We were losing to, you know, you, you name it, but we were, we we're losing. And, you know, directionless uh, on and off the pitch, I think, at that time. You know, uh, and I, I, I like Graham Murray. I think I, I felt sorry for him when he was, and then maybe he wouldn't appreciate, you know, people feeling sorry for him, because I'm sure, he, you know, that, that sounds kind of patronising, but I did feel sorry for him, because I do think that that just wasn't the job for him, whether no. he's out of his depth or, or otherwise, you know, that, that that wasn't the job for him at that time, definitely wasn't the job for him, and certainly the second time around, it was, you know, it was it was unfair to to leave him there in that situation, and, and, and sort of basically just throw him to the wolves like that, and, and yeah, I don't. I mean, I, I think it did have an impact on him. Yeah, you know, what I mean, I think, I think, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Can I hear me, me rumours that he was off? He was off sick for a wee while. You know, I think, yeah. I think, it had a, it had an impact on his mental health and stuff of like that. Of course, it would. I, I mean, you know, yeah, and, he's under a lot of pressure. Yeah, not not necessarily prepared for it. You know, if you're if you're a if you're a Steven Gerrard or a you know you know. Giovanni Van Bronckhurst here you've t- you've made a conscious decision that you're going to get into uh, management and you know you're going to take what it takes you know and it will still be strong it's a struggle for them at times but he had that basically thrown you know thrust yeah. upon him he didn't, he didn't I mean he could have turned it down I suppose but you know what, who, who's going to do that you know that that would have basically killed his career as well yeah. so, yeah. so uh, you know it would have, uh, you know he had to take it he had to do it and you know fair play to him he, he stepped up to, to do it um, it just wasn't the right time for him, uh, you know. As uh, well, you know, whether it would ever have been is, is is debatable. But at that point, it wasn't, and it's probably affected his his career path as well yeah. because yeah. you know he potentially could have moved on and you know done it done it properly. Done, you know, moved on to another club and and taken on a, a first team role and, and and progressed through the. The, the the way that, that you normally do as, as a as a would be manager and uh, and that that was basically denied to him now so you know he's he's really had to rebuild right 
uh, you know whatever career he's going to have, he's having, having to rebuild it. So, do yeah. feel sorry for him. He, he made a, a you know it was a stupid thing to do, really. To be to be fair about the the holiday substitution, but you can see what he was what he was trying to do. But you know, I mean, I, I, I don't know if he was meaning to do this, and I would I would doubt that he was. The way he explained it today, I think that is what he was trying to do. He was trying to put a statement out to the supporters that right, okay. I'm aware this is a mess. Yeah. I'm trying to fix it, but he's chucked Andy Halliday under a bus here, and yeah, he really, he really has. And to be to be honest, of all the players to do it to, I mean, I think it would be probably on Andy Halliday. Whatever you think of his abilities as a footballer, you know, he, he would have been the one player out there who would have been probably feeling it more than anyone, more than any at that yeah. point. And, and you know, he would have been the one player who, the, you know, he would have wanted out there to to sort of try and grab hold of the game in some way, uh, shape or form. So to, to sort of make him the scapegoat almost is, you know, it seems, seems unfair. But I mean, I mean, we've all sat and said, you know, watch games that are you know, running away from us and just said, look, do something, you know, yeah. you know, to the manager, just make, make a change, do something, change it yeah. in some way. So maybe that's what he's thinking, you know, I'll, I'll do that and I'll, I'll try and I'll try and do something, and it just happened to be he did completely the wrong thing at the wrong yeah. time, and it, it didn't help in any way. Shape or no. I think he done the wrong thing at the wrong time to the wrong person. Yeah. I think he picked so the wrong guy. Much got it, you know, he got, <laughs> got it completely wrong. wrong. You know what I mean? And uh, to be fair, I mean, in the interview I saw him today, it, you know, at one point he did say he says, "Look, it had a big impact on Andy Halliday's career." There's a stigma came out of that. That's on me. And you think, well, fair enough. He's big enough to accept that he, he got it wrong. Uh, but he did. He got, he got it horrendously wrong. Uh, <coughs> but it is what it is, I suppose. Uh, right, Ian, final point uh, before we wrap up for tonight. You know, huge game next week. You know, as I said, I've quite enjoyed not having any Rangers this weekend because it feels like April's going to be a, a huge month and it's, the games are just going to come thick and fast. And recently, as I said, like Dundee last week was just typical of how it, it's felt sporting Rangers recently, you know. A grind and late winners and just no sort of routine wins, you know. And it, we always seem to be chasing Celtic at the moment, you know, because we're playing in the Europa League eh, and they're no, you know, they're, they're playing on a Saturday, we're playing on a Sunday, so we're always trying to catch up with them. So I, I'm genuinely looking forward to just like having a, a, a weekend where I could just breathe and, you know, get ready for this game next week, which is going to be huge. You know what I mean? It's, I mean, it, I, I think it's one of those games that, you know, they, they say this about every game against Celtic. You know, it's a must win, but this is a must win. You know, and I think if anyone out there, you know, any neutrals who want a, a proper title race, and Scotland hasn't seen a proper title race in the top flight for the last ten years. You know what I mean? Because Celtic had the procession when, when we were down the leagues, and, and you know, we cakewalked it last year. We were champions at this point last year. You know, what I mean, some of the match we won it back. So this is going to be like the first title race in, as I said, about ten years. I think. The year that we won at Kilmarnock's probably the last time that there was an actual title race that went to the last day. So if, if you know we're wanting a title race, then it's you know we need to win next week. Obviously, we can't overtake them because of the goal difference. But a win next week, and it also sets us up for what looks like is as I said before. I think April is either going to make us or break us this season. There's, there's so much happening. You've got the Scottish Cup semi final. You've got the the, the, the league game against Celtic you've got the, the quarter-final games uh, against Braga you know you could have the, the first leg of the semi-final in there as well so 
win next week, it sets you up for hopefully it'll be a good month. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I'm going to say now that I think it, it's a, a must-win game. I think if we end up drawing it, then I'll probably say, well, it's not a win. It was never a must-win game. We, we, you, as long as we don't lose, that was, that was yeah. the important thing. And, you know, but realistically, you know, we, we want it. It's not essential, but it's essential. Do you know what I mean? You know, yeah. you know, we, we need to we need to get that win because you know, getting the points on the board, getting level with them on points, and it is important. But as you say, it's just as important the message it sends out for for this next uh, month of games because. You know, if they if they maintain their lead, then it gives them confidence uh, in the league. If we draw level with them, it gives us the impetus, and that, that's what it's all about at the moment. And that was what happened, you know, before because they got a bit of impetus when when we had a, a poor run of results, and they they struggled through games but got the wins, and they, that gave them the impetus to to sort of to carry on and 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 gain a lead. So it is. Really important to get a win. I, I think we really do need a win. Um, it won't be the end of the world if we don't, but it'll make things really difficult. Um, but the, I suppose the one good thing is, you know, we've struggled through all these uh, games uh, against teams like Dundee and Aberdeen and, and the likes. And, uh, you know, at least now we've got big games, you know. So, yeah. But, you know, that, I think this team is showing, apart from maybe the the, the last Celtic game we've shown that we can rise to the occasion in the big games so with a whole month of the big games ahead of us then you yeah. know, hope that that's going to be enough to concentrate the minds and get them playing to the to the maximum Is, is your ticker up for it? Because I, I don't think mine's is No, I mean <laughs> I, I, I mean I hate these games anyway I mean even the most meaningless if there is such a thing old film games I, I find yeah. it really difficult it's only in the last maybe couple of years again that I've been able to sit down and watch them again because I, <laughs> at one point I was just I couldn't watch them I just had to go away and work in my garden or my allotment or whatever and, and, uh, and couldn't even watch them but you know I managed to get back into it um, again but uh, it's the build up you know and yeah. especially at least at least we've had a break so there isn't any sort of controversy on the, in the you know fresh in the mind from uh, running into this game because that's when you end up with all the the, the rows about referees or the you know the rows about Morelos or whatever you know there's yeah. always there's always nearly always something I mean event, inevitably after this game in the lead up to the next uh, the next derby uh, will be there'll be some uh, controversy of some sort no doubt but uh, but we'll, we'll see how that pans out but yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to it but in some ways but at the same time hating it <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's that, that's what that's what it's uh, this is what it's all about. This is the games you want to watch. Yeah, that, that, I mean, I mean, even like just looking at April as well. You know, you think oh, it's a heavy month and it's a hard month and it's a month of I'll probably need to have shredded wheat for my breakfast every day in April because it's the only way my heart will be able to cope with the with, with the trauma. But it's also I look at it and I'm thinking this has only probably happened twice in my, in my range of sporting life once in '92, '93 when we had that great run in the Champions League. And then obviously in 07 and 08 when we got to the Europa League final. And as stressful as it is, that, that's what you want. You want you want these games in April, but you want to be in quarterfinals of European competitions and the semi-final of domestic competitions. If, if you've got an April, like the April that we've got lined up, it means you're, you're, you're on the cusp of something pretty special. You know, if, if all the games go right. If things went the right way, we could potentially look at, you know, 
arguably the Ranger, Rangers' best season, season ever. ever. I mean, yeah, you, know, you could, you could that, that's you know, potentially. I'm not saying that's necessarily why I think it's going to happen, but uh, you know, potentially that's where we are just now. And if, yeah. if things go well, then you know, why not? You know, so let's enjoy it. You know, let, let, let's look forward. And that's sweet. That exactly should be the attitude the players have got as well. They shouldn't be thinking, "Oh God, we've got two games this week. They're going to be really tough." You know, embrace it. And, you know, enjoy yeah. it. You know, that's bring that's it on. Control. Absolutely, and on that positive note, Ian, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll call it a night there. So a big, a big thanks to Ian for his contribution, uh, great stuff uh, from the fellow old man such as myself. Uh, aye, it was, it was <laughs> like Jack and Victor the night, I think that's, <laughs> that's probably the best way of putting it. Uh, <coughs> we were live tonight, uh, it was a Sunday night, but as always, the show will be available to download and stream on a variety of platforms from tomorrow, including Acast, iTunes, YouTube. Castbox, Stitcher, Spotify, your usual places. As I said, a big thanks to Ian. Uh, we'll get a preview sh- a preview show, it's easy for me to say, out on Friday night for, for the Old Firm game. And obviously we'll be back next week uh, to cover everything that's happened at Ibrox. Uh, so have a wee look at that. Uh, in the meantime, get yourself onto the Jersnet website and forums at www.jersnet.co.uk. Until next time, guys, bye for now.